Hi everyone, welcome to the Hourglass of Isabella. I'm here tonight with Daniel. Hello. Hello. And tonight we're going to be discussing magic. Is that magic or magic? Magic or magic? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> so one of one of our favorite topics, I think. It, right? It's true. You know, it comes in handy a lot. I'm surprised we haven't done it before earlier in season one. We never covered this. We we mentioned Crowley a little bit somewhere along right, the way. Right, and I think in the universe episode, uh, episode one, possible, season one. Yes. So, well, I mean, you brought up magic versus magic. Magic with the K or without? Which one would you like to discuss first? I'll let you pick. Uh, let's let's start with stage magic. I like stage magic. We can, we can talk a little bit about, uh, about, about the magic castle. I love that? the magic castle. <laughs> so what is the magic castle? Shout out to the magic castle if anyone is listening from that beautiful establishment. Magic Castle is actually a very old, in, well, we say old in England, old for American history building that is based in L.A., and it actually did have some fire damage, so there was some stuff replaced in it entirely. But it is still a very, historically speaking, beautiful old building. And it's in Hollywood, and it is just gorgeous. There's stained glass windows, there's beautiful dark wooden bars, there are hidden rooms, there are whole stages in there. There's a whole underground like British pub that they imported into the basement, which is wildly So cool. what is it, though? Ah, oh, it's just, it's okay. It's very super secret, first of all. It's what makes it so amazing. Is What I, is it? It's fundamentally a private club. It is a private membership-only club. And even to go, you have to have been invited by someone who's a member, or specifically, and this is the only way I do it, is being invited by a magician. Because I love, we both love, we love being friends we with love magicians. magicians. And we know so many of the magicians at the Magic Castle. And I, I've thought about this. I'm not going to name names, obviously, because of the privacy stuff yeah. involved there. But... Really good people. Have you ever right? wanted to be a magician? I, I've always. Or a magician's assistant? I wanted to be a magician's <laughs> assistant. No, I know it was as a little girl, I grew up and I dreamed of being the magician's assistant, which actually is still utilized as a role. And I know some people listening to this will say, you know, magic has traditionally been very misogynist. And yes, to a certain extent, in the past, male magicians were always favored in the profession. Are, are there women However, of the... Yes, okay. there are now, and especially the Magic Castle, definitely such women. I've seen amazing female magicians perform at the Magic Castle in the Palace Theatre, and they're good. And it's great, and it's just so nice to see people of any gender really enjoying magic and really understanding the art. And in fact, they have a whole academy at the Magic Castle, a whole academy where kids can go and learn about magic. In fact, in the basement, it used to be the parking garage, the car park. It's a very British term, sorry guys. And then they turned it into a teaching school, and they have classrooms. But it was such a pleasure to even get a tour and be able to see that. Basically like that, but the L.A. Hollywood version. And it's such a prestigious building. I'd grown up hearing about it in London, in the U.K. I had seen documentaries featuring it while I was in the U.K. And I grew up and I thought, well, I'll never get to go there. Never. Do, you know what I mean? Right, kind of like Area 51. <laughs> kind of like Area 51. We've got to go there too, separate story. But, you know, growing up then, obviously coming to America and... 
meeting wonderful people here, and of course we did Burning Man. There's actually a lot of uh, magic castle magicians. They actually have their own kind of camp at Burning Man, and they perform magic. So they came over to Brulee, which is our camp on the front line of the festival, and they performed some magic. We had some hypnotism, some stage shows and stuff, which was really cool. Yeah. You know, and they performed for some of our guests sitting around the bar, and it was what a nice experience. And of course the classic card tricks. But then obviously in Colorado, we do have some magic here. Do we not? We do. We have, uh, we do. well, no, okay, name is Aiden Sinclair. It's a great so it's work. Naming names. Well, okay. <laughs> oh, he, so, to be fair, he has performed a Magic Castle. I'm trying not to name Magic no, Castle direct. He's a good friend of ours, and he used to he used to have a, a really great show up at the Stanley Hotel. Right. So which is you, a, uh, we should have an episode there. Oh, we should, we should do have a, a Stanley Hotel episode. So if you guys have ever seen The Shining or obviously read the book, it was actually based Inspired by and it, in yeah. fact written partially but his at show he did that, one of the things that we liked about it was it was all very uh you know very old-timey paranormal yeah. illusion and i like illusionists and i'm a big fan of stage magic the grandiose stuff and i know right. a lot of magicians pride themselves and start with the card tricks and sleight of hand and i am just charmed by anything i am the person who will sit there <laughs> In a, like a little bewildered child and go, wow, right. how did you do that? That's amazing. And there was one chap who's a magician at the Magic Castle. And one time he invited me and we were there and he did a little private show for me. And he did very the, um, the spoon trick, right? Where or it's a fork or a spoon. I can't recall which. And the Yuri he, Geller effect? Yuri Geller. Very Yuri Geller. But it was not Yuri Geller. It was right. another wonderful magician and I held it in my hand and he said well be careful it can get quite hot so you know, don't hold on to it too tightly and literally before my eyes I kid you not he just put his hand above me and the whole thing twisted the metal warped in front of my I couldn't even believe it and he takes down the whole thing is twisted in my hand it wasn't like he did it or hid it I, right. I was holding it the whole time and I, I could not even begin so, so it's pretty interesting. I, I always like this. Uh, you remember the movie The Prestige? I love The Prestige. I, I always talk about how like we live in the, in we the live Tesla's in laboratory. We live in the Tesla but, laboratory, but, yeah. Like I want, to have, I want to have a place where we have all the top hats no, just, in the Just so you know, for you watch The Prestige, <laughs> we literally live right by where Tesla's laboratory really was. Right. Right. And in fact, we should put top hats we, in we, the garden. Yeah, we top hats the beautiful garden. But anyway, there is a job in there. Michael Caine's job is he's the ingenue. And it's the engineer sort of idea, the guy who makes the tricks, right? Yes. So I've always been fascinated from it from that perspective. I'm an engineer. Um, but the funny thing I find is that when we go to shows, I don't actually overthink any of the tricks. I don't try to understand how they're done. No, I, I don't want to. It. And I, exactly. I, you know what I really dislike is I really dislike the people who are, and it's often a thing I've seen where they're looking to just be like, well, I know how that's done. And they go out of their way to dismantle the trick. And obviously it's a trick. I don't think magicians are ever, ever truly trying to like be deceiving you. They're trying to make you believe in the magic of right. it. And the so Ben and Teller have that show, Fool Us. Fool Us. And it's, it's very much along those lines where right. even if they know how the trick is done, you know, they can still appreciate it. Right. Yeah. No, and I love that. And it's a, it's a great show. And I've actually, in fact, Aidan Sinclair was on that show as well. Yeah. But now he's since moved. He's actually, well, obviously, this is prior People to People sometimes get, get me confused for, for 
Famous yeah, well, especially when, I, yeah. especially when I hang out with uh, with my employee who who's bald. People have actually mistaken him for Penn a couple of times. I think because you guys look quite similar. We're, we're tall and we have long hair. Right, it's better. Long hair is better, which I like. But yeah, so Aidan Sinclair moved on. He's now actually well, last was doing stuff on the Queen, Queen Mary, Mary yeah. on Long Beach on the ship. Can you imagine doing a magic show on that ship? We How should have cool a podcast there be? too. Oh, I'd love it's that. A lovely story. You know what I've heard people say, and the first thing that struck me when I first went to the Magic Castle. What's that? It's how much it looks like our house. <laughs> like the house we live in is very similar to that kind of antebellum we need, we Victorian. We need an owl in the entryway. We do need, well, I don't want to spoil, well, I do want to kind of spoil the owl thing. <laughs> do you think I can get away with saying this is so fun? No, I, I won't. I won't tell what it is, I, I, but I, I, just if you ever go there, look out for the owl. Yeah. And I do have this great owl pendant yeah, as yeah. well, but something else that's phenomenal about a magic castle is the food. Yeah. And when I first went there, there was some. I had someone. I, in fact, a, another magician had invited me to come, and so we go down there. And someone had commented on the post. They said, well, "You know, don't don't eat the food on there." And it's funny because the last time I'd been before, I thought I had the best filet mignon in my life. I was like, "This is amazing!" But apparently, they switched up chefs, and a new chef is absolutely astounding. So I went to go and check out the new menu because you can actually dine. They have a full dining thing, and I would highly suggest that if you ever are lucky enough to get the chance to go. It's an amazing place. Oh God, the food just blew my. The food alone, I was just. Dying from the beauty of it, and I remember. <laughs> the thing I enjoyed about the last though that we went is we went and we we're we we're having this, this this great meal with with our magician friend and, and fellow burner, and uh, and like there was there was somebody there who knew you. Oh yeah, he came up and he was like, Isabella, is that you? And my magician friend was like, What? What? How do these people here know you when you're not even from LA? And I was like, Well, you know, I do have my own little following thing. But what was great was when I first went, I went in. Well, actually, the second time I went, I went in an Uber, and I was driving up this little driveway to get up there, and the guy in the Uber was like, are you really going to Magic Castle right now? And I was like, yes, you know, I'm going for dinner. He's like, you know how exclusive this place is, right? He's like, celebrities go there and all this stuff, and I was just like, yeah, it's absolutely amazing, and it just... It made me feel the whole experience made me feel so privileged and welcome, and you know what? There was no kind of pretentiousness. That everyone was no, welcoming, it was, it was really open, great. and kind. No one else was great. Well, we and I love this as a British person. Everyone was so well dressed. <laughs> there were formal long gowns, guys in tuxedos, and they actually really care about people dressing up yeah. and being well dressed which I I can't tell you how much in yeah, this modern no, day and age I appreciate place. that because place. you don't and I don't think it has to be pretentious I don't think there's too many places you can really go in the world anymore where you get to dress up and have the excuse to put on that gown you bought or to wear that right, formal right. suit So we just took a little break. We had to get ourselves some tea. I got really excited about talking about magic, stage magic in particular. But we actually decided we're going to devote this whole episode. There's so much more to talk about. There's just so much to talk about. So, and it's so fun to talk about it with you guys. So when I went to the, the Magic Castle, I was not able to see the, the Houdini room. Yes, the seance tell room. Me, tell me about what I missed. Oh, it's so cool. We actually tried, because we tried to have... We got the little you booklet. Like, you can have like a dinner reservation in there if you want. Right, you, may have private, you can have a private yeah, party Yeah, we were now. looking into doing this for like Anime Expo or something last year. 
Right, right around that time, we wanted to have a private event, and it's a great space. Um, the reason that you weren't able to see it, FY, is they were actually renovating it and switching up the space, which I think is really cool because it's not just a dinner thing, okay? It's actually like an immersive experience with actual sounds. It's like table. a proper seance, right? Yeah, like magic happens yeah, see, around and, and the table. And I think that's perhaps what's so magical about the place is that it really does oh, capture it. that sort of Victorian essence God, that, was, that was in the in the seance. I mean, with the slight difference that the seance people didn't know that it was fake. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, so, you know, the building is obviously very magical right and there are always things like this little phone booth you can go and all these fun little tricks within the building right the piano and if you're hearing our background stuff that's actually the hummingbirds who come out every yeah. evening on the patio this one is particularly noisy and uh we just refilled them so they're like going at it but here nor there you know the building has all these cool hidden secrets within it which is amazing but it's the people also in the building which make it you mean like physically so magical, in the building, like, real like people. buried in the walls? No, none of that. Not that there were any ashes or anything in there. <laughs> but the, the, the people who reside there and, uh, you know, at the parties, at the events, performing, they make the building, and that makes so much of the yeah. magic is the people, actually. I mean, I think the, you know, to be a magician, it's, 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 it's about this sort of strange compassionate trickery right i mean mm -hmm. the the art of it is not is not fooling people so much as it is entertaining them right and this is what leads you on to so i'm not a fan of artists like chris angel for an example no? as a pop artist i think it's just too... i really enjoyed the one that he did where where he cut the woman in half and half of her ran away yeah that was that was great no no two ways about it that that was hilarious and very very well done it's more Again, I like. But that's I more like than sort of about, shock magic, yeah, right? Shock magic for shock factor. I do like classic magic. I do like sitting one on one with a magician and seeing the card trick and seeing, you know, when they see my eyes light up and I'm completely blown away. That's so special to me. But you know, we talked about obviously the Houdini room. In fact, there are some things like a straight jacket, but a lot of artifacts actually in the Magic Castle belonging to the famous magicians. Which is amazing, but we'll talk about you know because obviously you... we had our whole serial killer episode. And we yeah, talked about yeah. Jack the Ripper and H. H. Holmes, all these very Victorian characters. Right around that time, we're talking 1880s. This is the time when you know Orientalism kind of came in, and spiritualism, spiritualism yeah. and seances and the occult became this really popular lifeblood in England for magic. And so we get into the time of like Arthur Conan Doyle, and he's writing Sherlock Holmes, and of course he is friends with. Houdini. Right, right. Well, and 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 Arthur Conan Doyle was actually uh, a member of the the Spiritual Photographers Society. Or oh, he believed in it. Now here's the difference. You talk to a lot of magicians, and they know it's they're like, yeah, I'm doing a this hummingbird. He's just really, really going at it today. It's hilarious. But they, you know, they talk about how they're not actually. They're not actively like, look, I'm looking to fool you. They're looking right. to well, create magic. Right. Well, in fact, Aiden Sinclair, for instance, will start out by telling you it's fake, that it's right? all He's not, not true. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas someone like Arthur Conan Doyle is like, he believed in that. He thought the fairies, yeah. like that famous photography of the fairies in yeah, England. Yeah, that's right. He thought it was real. And right. he really believed in that. And so to the point where when, so his his wife, she was a spiritual medium, right? So she could channel spirits. So the whole thing was Houdini comes in and he'd lost his mother. His mother passed away. And so he really wanted to believe that magic was real. And he does illusions and he does the straight jacket thing and dislocates his arm to get, you know, the classic Is that, is that stuff. an illusion at that point? I mean, yeah, it's really if, you're, difficult if you're dislocating to do. your arm, that's not an illusion. You it's actually... a, pain, a painful <laughs> illusion is what it is. 
Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, his hummingbird, I cannot believe his hummingbird. You're he obsessed is obsessed with him. I know, he will not, he's going at it, he's like, today is, we just refilled these, and he thinks it's his lucky day. He's like, struck gold. Okay, he's good, he's, he's the, gone, the, perfect. The, the straitjacket thing in the dislocation reminds me of, in the, in the movie, that movie Prestige, and they yes. reveal that the, you know, the, the disappearing canary is actually oh, that they killed the, the canary. Well, right? the, 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 it's actually the doves. Or the doves. They have all the white is, right? doves, traditionally, and I thought... Is that real? And then, of course, that was one thing. I don't usually like to do research because I don't want to know. I did do the research, and that was a real thing. I wonder if thing, they still yeah. do it today. That's something I don't know about, and I assume no longer is I prefer is to think not. Uh, so when you were a kid, did, yeah. did they still have magic on television? Was that a thing? When I was a kid, they used to have these, these, like, these specials television specials and there was like Doug Henning and then David Copperfield David Copperfield still got a show yeah he's very famous in, uh, in Vegas but there would be like these, and, the, and the whole thing would be like he would make like an elephant disappear or something yeah, like, like this or a so I don't think they crushed the elephant <laughs> yeah. yeah who knows but you know I think it's just this really great thing and and it's it's nice to believe in the beauty of magic in that way well, yeah, yeah and, and so, and so you know when I was a kid it was it was always like they would make it like this, this amazing thing that they were going to do and they and it was very much the you know sort of you know speed magic if you will because it's on television right and so it's it, a lot of it is about you know the uh, you know and there would be a live audience of course yeah of course but you know and, and they're like they would they would try to reproduce Houdini tricks and stuff Did like they? that yeah. oh cool yeah and I, in fact, I know Houdini had a bit of a tragic ending there, but in some respects, I think there is some romanticism to it. And in fact, you know, he had well, this thing where he'd let people kind of punch him. Right, right. That's how he and died. And he got right? appendicitis coming in and it went it's septic and it just all kind of got yeah. out of control. But then when he died, his wife actually continued having seances. Yes. Uh, you know, Every, until she died, I, I think. Mean, yeah. that's, that's why I think it was such a fad to have the whole seance thing in general. So yeah, Arthur Conan Doyle and Houdini have this friendship and they do. But of course, Houdini is skeptical because yes, he's lost his mother, but he'd love more than anything in the world to get in touch with her if it was real. Because ultimately, I think we all want to believe in magic at our very core, right? That is the quintessential thing of why we are so drawn to it. But then there was one instance, they, they did it with Arthur Conan Doyle, they do this seance, and he noticed something, well, there's two things. One, on the paper pad, the medium did a little uh, cross at the top. And he thought, well, you know, uh, my mother was a Hungarian Jewess, so why would she ever do a little Catholic cross on the top of it? That didn't make sense, right? And the second thing that didn't make sense was this particular seance was on her birthday, and at no point did the medium ever mention, hey, you know, it's my birthday, which you think anyone rightly would. And at that point, he was like, okay, I, he didn't, he didn't, he was not, he was a skeptic. He was not going to be fooled at a time where a lot of people really, truly believed in seances. And so he set about, almost as his life's work, of disproving seances and proving that mediums were frauds, which, of course, the majority of people going around the time were frauds. And they were actually making a living in this kind of spiritualism era. There's, in fact, there's some very famous American, two female American oh, that's right. mediums, the, right? They were like sisters, their sister, right? yeah, very famous. So this became this whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I just think it's fascinating to look at it as a topic and to and, see. And, the, and the whole seance idea, I think, it's and, all the, and all the little we tricks that they would do. We should have seances here. And the, yeah, we should. We so should. I hope, I hope the Magic Castle does 
you know, renovate that space a little bit, a room, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah. Truly, because that's you my remember, favorite part. Speaking of, it. of seances, do you remember when uh, when Most Haunted, your your favorite oh, uh, paranormal show? I loved show, it. It's the UK they, TV show. But they yeah. did that. They did that comeback episode where they did the seance and <laughs> like oh, God. books flying across the room. And... Well, of course, I have. Obviously, I am very good friends with some of the cast members, um, so we shan't say too much on it. Too but but it, was, it was epic. I you think. Know? Yeah, I think. Well, they tried to go for the classic seance, and there were books flying here and yeah. there. Very theatrical. We should. Dramatic. We should have. Where would we should have the seance in the library, though? That is a good idea. Right, so this goes, and we can talk about Fred Bat who we're friends with. He's actually the demonologist on the Most Haunted TV show. Uh, and he had a wonderful, I don't know if he still has a property, he had a wonderful property in, I think it was the south of England, really gorgeous, old, like I'm talking very old building. You know how in America, you guys are like Victorians old. I'm talking, <laughs> our, our old is not exactly your old. Right, whereas like... like I, I think the, the oldest building in, in our country is in is in Santa Fe, and it, it's about it's about as old as the house you grew up in. <laughs> Right. And that's about it. Well, it's like, yeah, you know, like in England, the house of grew, it's like 1400. So a little bit of a different, whereas things like the earliest, you know, Victorian building, I want to say in Colorado, is like 1860. Sure. Colorado. Yeah, in so Colorado different, yeah. different time range is the point. And I think, again, you know, going back into that Magic Castle thing, that's why I appreciate the property so much. In fact, here's a little thing I learned on one of my, you know, I got a lovely tour one time. It was great. I love the little, just when they take on a private tour and they show you all the cool things. Uh, but they actually used to have a hotel nearby and they actually took some of the doors. In fact, they're like, I want to say they're actually upside down, but there's numbers are still on the door from a hotel rooms inside the Magic Castle they used after the fire to rebuild a lot of the stuff, which I thought was just a really cool random fact. That is very cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's just fascinating. Yeah, so some of the doors are actually upside down or something? Oh, I think maybe, I may be confusing that with, so my house in England <laughs> actually had doors that were upside down, and so when you try to do, it would be wrong, right, when you were trying to open it, and I always wondered why growing up. I mean, it turned out, apparently, it was a big thing for, like, exorcism because people believed this house, very old house, was haunted. And so we'd actually turn the doors upside down as an exorcism thing. Isn't that curious? Yeah. But still, magic, but a different kind of magic. And on that note, we should definitely have a whole episode dedicated just to the occult, esoteric right. portion of magic. I want to talk about Alistair Crowley. You can talk about seances proper. Right, Gerald Gardner. And, and seances can definitely come back into that. So... We've reached our time lock. Would you, would you like to know a random fact yeah, about David do. Copperfield? Yeah, please do. We've got time. Tell me. It's a random fact about David Copperfield. Once upon a time, many years ago, rather than... This is before we had any uh, birds whatsoever. We considered buying a toucan. And, yes. And we went to the toucan place in, in California. California. And, and that guy had sold David Copperfield a toucan. These toucans... This is back before... A lot of people have toucans as pets now. Back then, they were still very exotic and very difficult to obtain. The toucans were like 6000 to $7,000 each to obtain yeah. one. But interestingly, actually, in the Magic Castle, they do have parrots. Yes. So, in fact, I'd seen a friend of mine who was a magician. He had a magician's assistant, and they had cockatoos and stuff for the stage show. They had parrots, and as we have Crowley on the core, I've always wanted to train to him do, to, do to, do, stage to do stage magic. magic. Because you can do flight recall and make them come to you and stuff. It's very, they're very trainable animals and very empathetic, emotional, intelligent creatures. So they can learn tricks, actually, mm. pretty well. And I like the incorporating of that into magic shows. I think it's a really cool added dynamic. As long as they're not crushing. Right, but there are no crushing of pigeons or <laughs> doves, you know, if you can avoid it. 
Right. Yeah, or rabbits, because I think there's been a long tradition of animals in magicians, like rabbits out of hats, elephants disappearing, lions and tigers on stage, because it adds to that dramatic overall effect. I do have one question for you, because we are running out of time here. Uh, Who is your favorite magician, if you had to pick one, stage magician? Well, yeah, so like I said, when I was a kid, you used to watch this guy named Doug Henning, and he he was very entertaining, and then then David Copperfield. so I, I would have to probably say one of those two just for just for nostalgia purposes. Right, because it's something in your childhood that you that you remember. Right, right exactly, exactly. And it was just it was one of those things that was you know we'd stay up and we got to stay up past our bedtime maybe. And, yeah. And watch the watch the magicians do the magic stuff. Do you know who my favorite who's your, who's magician your favorite is? Magician? Of course, and I I got the privilege of witnessing this trick in action. And it took a long time. Uh, was I, I like David Blaine? So he did this thing called Above yeah, the Below, which was that, this yeah. glass. He was like in a glass cube, suspended and he didn't eat right for like by forty-five days or something. Forty-four days, yeah, without food, he that's survived. Nuts. That's nuts. Um, but it was like in How this perspex that? box. Did he actually eat? That's what. That's why the British public was so frustrated and enthralled because we didn't know how the fuck he was not dying and it was actually right by the Tower Bridge and he was and I actually went down to back and I saw it. Hmm. Like cause it was forty four days, so I got the privilege right. of going up. But I didn't understand I still to this day don't know how that guy did it. I bet he had like an IV and a colostomy bag. Something. Either way. It's an interesting it's thing, right? Because, magic, right? Because because there is a whole a whole science of magic. Right. I think very and, much and, so. You know. Let's talk about a great magician. We've been going to Vegas realm real quick. Ah, yeah. Here's someone I really appreciated. So we had friends who had actually started a new stage show, but involved magic in Vegas, and it was called Opium. And it was specifically at the Cosmopolitan. So we were invited to go and see a show by one of the great performers. And a lot of it is kind of just, you know, performance stage stuff specifically. But there's this guy... And I believe he's actually done stuff at Magic Castle, and he does this bubble magic. Is that magic, though? Oh, God. It was very cool. Amazing. It was amazing. It it's was amazingly cool. He's definitely cool. a magician. And the things he can do with these bubbles and the shapes and the flower spherical shapes, yeah. and, and he talks and he was also, about it. He was also dressed really well. Oh, he's dressed as, he does this, has this British accent and his bowler hat and his little suit and tie, he talks about magic. He has a little I like the one where he made like a little carousel. And he I couldn't believe little, it. Little, little, yeah, it was to me, that is magic. It was, it was, it was so difficult. It was bubbles difficult. and smoke. Yeah, bubbles and smoke. Scientifically prepared in an illusionist format, hmm. which was amazing. We've definitely run over our time now, Simon. I cut our magic talk short. All right. Mm-hmm. But I very much enjoyed discussing it with you, and I can't wait. I think I think your sign-off today should be abracadabra, and then you go poof. Which will happen anyway, naturally, in the thing, by the progression of the thing, right? Yeah, but people will be, because it's magic. Yeah, it's magic. Well, it's, technology is magic, is it not, in some True. respects? But I look forward to when all this pandemic is done, everything comes down to seeing some of our good magician friends again. Yes. And enjoying a nice dinner. And we should have a seance at the house. And, a, and I'll invite them all here to Colorado and we can have a, a creepy seance in the basement of the second magic castle, which is here in Colorado. <laughs> the pale blue version. So without further ado. Adieu. Abracadabra.